Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody want to scoot up? I promise I don't spit, bite, kick, steal, rob. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before your word today, Lord, we do it, Lord, with anticipation. We do it, Lord, with great reverence and great honor. Lord, this is not something that we just take flippantly. This is words of life that you have blessed us with, Lord. You, you're so good to us. I mean, you saved us, but then you gave us your word, Lord, that, that we don't have to fumble around through this world trying to figure this thing out on our own, that, Lord, you gave us the book of life. You gave us the words of life. You gave us the lamp of life. You gave us, Father, everything, Lord. And if, as we spend time in it, as we are meditating in it, as we're acting on it, as we're believing it, Father, as we're sharing it, Lord, it will produce everything in us that it was created to produce. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen? You believe that? Well, we've been talking a lot. Um, I really started with sanctification a few weeks ago, and uh, I really promised you that I was going to have a really good sermon, the good news, but I don't have good news today yet. But it will be. No, it is all good news. But what we've been talking about is sanctification, and sanctification is being separated from the world but being separated to God. Amen? That when we got born again, we weren't just separated from the world, we were separated to God. And as we live this life in the Word of God, it's going to produce the fruit that we need so that we don't just have to come into this world to survive. Does anybody really enjoy just getting by? No bueno por nada. It is not good. Amen? You know, there's a land of not enough, there's a land of just enough, and there's a land of more than enough. When Israel was in Egypt, it was the land of not enough. They never had enough straw. They never had it. They could never do enough. They lived off not enough. When they got into the wilderness, it was a land of just enough. Their sandals never wore out for 40 years. They ate manna every day. I mean, who wants to wear the same shoes for 40 years? I mean, it's a great trick, but seriously, let's be honest. Ladies, would you like a new pair of shoes once in a while? Yes, amen. But see, where God was taking Israel was into the Canaan land, the promised land, and it was a land of more than enough. And it was a land flowing with milk and honey. I want to live in a land, I want to have a life that's flowing. Amen? I don't want to trickle, I don't want a stream, I don't want a river, I want a flood. Amen? And when we live by the Word of God, God is taking us from that land of not enough. We do travel through that land of just enough, but where He's taking us is that land of more than enough, and He does it through sanctification. And so the last couple of weeks, we've been discussing the deceitfulness of lust. Well, what do those two things have to do together? Well, we're either separated to God or we're separated to this earth. And if we're separated to God, what Satan wants to do is he wants to sow seeds of disobedience to get us back to where we came from. When Israel left with the rabble, the rabble should have never been with them. They got far enough out of town where the rabble started influencing Israel. Boy, I sure wish we could go back to what we used to have. Remember those onions and those leeks? Who wants onions and leeks? I mean, who wants those? I mean, for dinner? I mean, they're great on a salad, but I'm saying you, that's intense to be missing that. 
But what the enemy wants to do is he's trying to sow seeds of rebellion or, or other seeds because he wants us to go back to the life that we used to have. Sometimes when we say we're getting tempted, he's not tempting you with something new. He's tempting you to go back to the way that it was. See, I came out of a lot of stuff. And so when I got tempted, he didn't tempt me to go back and start doing new things. He was like, remember how it was? Remember when you had all those friends? And you remember when you, were, you, know, you had fun and it was Fridays and Saturday nights? You forget all the parts about going to jail, your friends dying, the police pulling you over, you never having any money. You know, it's funny, those, those, I don't get tempted with those thoughts. You get tempted with wherever you are. And, we, and look at us, the devil, we each have different temptations. We each have different things that try to affect us. And so what I'm trying to do through sanctification is to show you that when we walk and live by the Word, the more Word, the more light that you have, the harder it is for the devil to trick you. Okay? The more time that you spend with the truth, it's much harder for someone to lie to you. Somebody could not come and tell me um, about Michelle and tell me negative, irresponsible, crazy things about Michelle because I know the truth about Michelle. I see Michelle for, we've been married for 25 years. We've been together for 26 years. We've, we've been together for 25 years. And for someone to come and try and tell me something opposite of her character, her honor, her integrity, her beliefs, I would have to say, you're lying. I know the truth. I wake up with her. I go to sleep with her. I know the truth. She does sleep. So unless she's leaving the house for those eight hours and doing something else, I don't know. But I believe her. And so that's really what I'm trying to do with these messages is to encourage us that the Word is a light and it's a lamp. And it's, it's a light and a lamp, A, because as we're walking in darkness, it'll show us where we need to walk. It'll show us, what am I getting ready to trip over? It'll show me if I'm walking on something uneven. But most importantly, the word is truth. We have to be able to, as a believer, we have to walk in the truth of his word. Amen? Now, I'm going to do a little backup teaching. This is one of my favorite things in the world to teach, but I feel like I haven't done it in a while, and I need to lay this little foundation this morning, okay? So let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 because I've been talking about seeds of obedience and seeds of rebellion. Have you been taking notes? Does anybody go back and re-listen to the messages? I just want to encourage you, go back and listen to the messages again and again. You'll get something new each time. Not so you can hear my voice, but because God is using this, He's teaching us. Amen? He's teaching us. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. When I'm talking about seeds of obedience and seeds of rebellion being sown, they're being sown into our hearts. Now, there's only three ways for something to get into your heart. You have an eye gate, an ear gate, and a mouth gate. What that means is, is whatever you're looking at, that's what's going, that's what the seeds are being planted in your heart. Whatever it is that you're listening to, those are the seeds that are being planted in your heart. Whatever you are saying, those are the words that are being planted in your heart. I cannot listen to country music all day, every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then try and have classical music come out. Why is that? 
But I like classical music. Uh, I've, 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 I've have an interest in it. It doesn't matter if we like it. It doesn't matter if we have an interest in it. If I've not been putting it in me, it's not going to come out. Now, we talk a lot about in October. I do not like the month of October. I like it this year some because we got to start reading the New Testament. <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. So glad to leave nine months of the Old Testament in the rearview mirror. It was awesome, but man, give me some Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, give me some Beatitudes. Please, yes, bless it, bless, yes. But October is just filled with celebrating demons. I mean, it's just a whole month of, ce of, of celebrating Halloween. Mom, it's your birthday, I know. But that's the only bright spot, Mom, is October 12th. That's the only bright spot in October. Actually, my brother was born on October 31st. <laughs> Sorry. But the, 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 when you go to the grocery store, when you watch the movies, everything, even the children's channels, and parents, I keep talking to you, of those of you with small children, but you know, Nickelodeon and all that kind of stuff, everything is geared for Halloween. Everything is geared with scary. Everything is geared with paranormal. Everything is geared with the occult. Everything is geared with the exorcist and all these movies and all those types of things. Amen? If I'm spending hours watching these types of movies and thinking that they're not harming me, I am fooling myself. Because you are allowing into your heart that very horror and the very fear and, and, and fear can contaminate your faith. That's why we are those parents at school. We don't celebrate Halloween. Amen? You know, I've battled each year. Do I have a year of where you have candy and you can give a track to the kid as they come? Or like most of us, do we just hide for a couple of hours, turn all the lights off and pray that no one knocks on the door? But what I'm allowing in, and men, we know what we are subject to. I cannot spend hours watching inappropriate things and somehow not think that it's not going to affect me. I can't listen to hours and hours of worrying and complaining and doubting and not think that it's not going to get down inside of me. And that's why I have to treat my heart. It is the most fertile piece of ground on the face of the earth. Whatever you put in your heart, it will grow. You do not have a choice. And that is the lie that the devil tries to tell us is that I can watch what I want, listen to what I want, say what I want, and then all of a sudden when I need God, I can just step into it and he's going to be there. It's kind of like Samson when he thought when they cut off his hair, it'll just be like every other time. Samson did not know. Samson did not realize that when his hair was gone, it was over for him. We have to be wise about what we're allowing into our heart. Hey, politics. We cannot sit there and feast on 24 hours, seven days a week. Politics and who said this, and that has just as much of a negative effect on our faith as anything else. Why is it? Because it's producing unbelief. That's why I have to be so selective about what I listen to. I'm selective about the word that I listen to. I'm selective about the ministers that I listen to. 
I need the pure milk of the Word coming into me to produce the seed so it'll germinate, it'll come to fruition, it'll, it'll, the fruit will grow, and I'll get what I'm believing for. Are you with me this morning? You're looking, does everybody understand this? That this is the way that we were created, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotion. This is why we have to spend so much time renewing our mind because we've had so many seeds. See, the parable of the sower is the sower goes out to sow the Word. But guess who's also sowing at the exact same time? The enemy. At the same time, seeds of obedience are being sown into your heart. There are seeds of rebellion that are being sown into your heart at the same time through what we listen to, what we say, and what we watch. It's gigo. It's garbage in, garbage out. You cannot put garbage in and not expect garbage to come out. You just can't. When I was in high school, I was listening to a certain artist who's gone on to, he's no longer living when I'm in music, and I was immersed in this person's music, immersed. I woke up with it. I went to sleep with it. We didn't have iPods or AirPods or whatever, but I listened to this music over and over and over, and in the midst of it, I got a kidney disease. That door of rebellion, of listening, well, parents, the music, it doesn't mean anything. Yes, it does. All music is, is sermons put to music. That's all they are. And they can come in with the greatest beat in the world. And folks, let me be, you got to watch the Christian music you listen to. Sometimes he will and sometimes he won't. No. No. Then God broke my leg to teach me something. Hallelujah. Wait. You can put a catchy tune, and that tune is what hooks us. So that's why I'm even wise about what Christian music. There's a lot of really, really sincere people that love God with all their heart, but they don't know what we know. And we don't take unbelief and put it to music. I want to be wise about what am I allowing into my ears? These ear pods, man, you see these kids running around with the white thing in there? I mean, it's like a thing now. And you're like, what are you listening to? You can't listen to me and listen to that at the same time. It's impossible for you to do it. And it's the first thing in, it's the last thing out. Whatever words that you are saying, they are going down into your heart. That's why it's so important for us to be wise about what we speak. It's better for us not to say anything at all than it is for me to start speaking sometimes how I feel or what's happening to me. I'm scared to death. I I laughed so hard I died. You're killing me. Well, I'm just kidding. Satan's not. The devil's not kidding. And so I want to be so wise about what words, you know, little things. Uh, Keith Moore's good with this one. I'm not proud of my children. Amen? I'm not proud of them. I'm very pleased with how they've turned out and what they're doing. I'm not putting pride into them or making them look. I'm so proud of Luke. He's a great quarterback for his football team. When I'm proud of him, that means look what I did. Look what I produced. It's pointing back at me. When Jesus got baptized and the sky opened, God came down and said, this is my son. I'm real proud of him. What did God say? 
this is my son, I'm well pleased. It's okay for us to be well pleased with our children. But do you see how seductive these little things are, the words that we use? What happens when our kids fall down and the things we immediately say to them and it's just stuff we've been reprogrammed. That's why I have to guard my heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Seeds of obedience that are planted in your heart will always make sure you're in the right place at the right time with everything you need for whatever situation arises. Seeds of obedience. Seeds of obedience, although it might not look like it's the fun way, it will always lead you to a promised land of blessing. Seeds of obedience. Seeds of disobedience will take you off the right track, will put you in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people, and you will end up alone. Because the devil wants to isolate us and get us off from the herd. That's why it's so important that I am sowing seeds of obedience into my own heart. You know how I knew I was really saved? I mean, I've known my whole life, but we went to, what was Barbara Arbo's old church? Um, Calvary Cathedral in Fort Worth. And my parents came for a conference and Michelle and I were living there. We were working for Dr. Savell. And my parents picked us up and we go to the service and the guy was preaching and uh, at the end of the service, we're just standing up and he points to me and he calls me out and I went up front and he goes, I see a spirit of obedience on you. And I went, okay, I'm really saved now because that's as opposite to me as you could have ever, ever, ever imagined. You know, I was that kid. Okay, Jack, don't cross that line. I get right up on it. Anybody else? Am I the only rebellious person in the room? Was I the only rebel in the room? But those seeds of obedience, listen to me, when we're sowing seeds of obedience, they are the lifeline to guarantee that you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. When we're letting the seeds of disobedience and rebellion into our hearts, it can be, um, it's going to look good at the beginning. You know, there is a way that seems right to a man, but it way ends to death. It's always going to look right. It's going to look easy. It's going to look sensible. It's always going to look like, oh, this is, the, this is what we should always be doing. But in reality, it's taking you farther and farther away from your promised land of where you're supposed to be. Amen? James 1, 13 through 15. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Verse 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Enticement, sin, all those things, it starts off as a tiny little seed. Tiny little seed. Amen? But it hasn't been full grown yet. Remember we talked about Solomon last week? Please say, remember we talked about Solomon last week? When Solomon, the kingdom was given to him, Solomon knew who he was and where he was going. The next verse is he made a treaty with Pharaoh and he married Pharaoh's daughter. 
And then the next thing you know, God is appearing to Solomon. Uh, he's giving him wisdom. God, I mean, Solomon is the wisest, greatest king that we've ever known. But at the same time that seed of obedience was growing, the seed of disobedience was growing also. Because you get to chapter 11, and it turns out that Solomon loved many women as much as along with the daughter of Pharaoh. That one seed, although when it was a seed, it wasn't hurting anything, but once it germinated, now it started taking over Solomon's heart. And the next thing you know, Solomon has lost the kingdom. Uh, his son Rehoboam takes over, and what could have been the greatest dynasty of all times falls apart. Can I, can I show you a little something real quick? I know we're, we're up on time again. But I just want to show you something that, and this is what's deceitful. I'm going to, we're going to rip the cover off of one of Satan's biggest and best tricks, okay? It happened with David, um, it happened with Eve, and it happened with Solomon. Each one of them thought that they could continue what they were doing without God. All three of them started with God. They were 100% dependent upon God. They sought God. They seeked God. But all of a sudden, they all started prospering. And when they got to that prosperous place, they figured out that they could make it happen on their own. And they quit being dependent on God as their source. That is how the devil will get to us at times, is that we start thinking, look what I've done. I got this on lockdown. David, kicking back. Lord, I got this on lockdown. We've killed everybody. There's not a nation left. I'm not, I don't even need to go on this one. I'm just going to stay here, stay at home, let the army go out and do its thing. That shows you that God was no longer the source of how David was winning his battles. David was the source. Solomon became the source. His intellect, his wisdom, and his, uh, his ability to write all the Proverbs and everything that he did he became his own source, and they quit being dependent on God. Ladies and gentlemen, we can never, ever get to the point in our life where God is not our source. There can never, ever come a time in my life where God is not first place. The minute that I start saying, look what I can do, there are so many pastors and churches that have fallen because what that pastor did to get that church going, they stopped doing once they got the people that they thought that they needed and went into this comfort cruise control. I'm not there. I'm not there. We can't get comfortable in our lives. That's the most dangerous place that we can be. Each one of us needs to be every day growing more, believing God for more, giving more, doing more. We can never, ever just sit back and say, I'm finally at this place. You know, Michelle and I don't have to believe God for our, our, our um, mortgage anymore. But there was a time that we did. There were months where we had to sit there and grab hands and believe God because we could not make our house payment. Now, just because we're able now to make my house payment without grabbing hands doesn't mean I'm any less dependent upon God. Now I want to believe God to make your house payment. Oh, you like that one, don't you? Yes. You want me to use my faith on that? Amen. But listen to me, just because, and this is dangerous, I want you to notice that the enemy showed up at the height of their prosperity. At the height of their prosperity. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've built. Look what I've done. 
And that's when they were the most vulnerable because they took their eyes off of God being their source and they, looked, they started putting it on themselves and saying, look what I can do. God wants us. We're not these poor, desperate children chasing after God so that he'll hear us. And that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about trusting him more. This is all God has been saying to me over and over and over all year. It's written on my desk. Trust me more every day. Learn to trust God more every day. Every day. Search your hearts. Lord, what is it in my heart, Lord? Where am I, where am I sitting on the throne of my heart? And where do I need to get off and put you back on it? Amen? Trust me, we've all been through hard times. Look, it was easy to get Israel out of Egypt because they had nothing. They had nothing. It's when you got them into the place where they had just enough. They just had enough to be comfortable. I just had enough. I got food every day. I got shoes every day. I got exercise every day. I'm cruising this desert for 40 years every day. That's why most of them, only two of them actually made it into the promised land of the originals that left. Think about that. Only two made it in of all the originals that left because they never developed their own faith in the wilderness. They never learned how to make God personally responsible or to live 100% dependent upon Him. So we have to guard our hearts with all diligence. Put an armed sentry on your heart. You should see like two armed guards standing at the post of your heart. And when something tries to come in, it needs to stand right in front of it and say, no, 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 not in here. Parents, we have to be proactive with our children. What are they watching? What are they listening to? And what are they saying? We have to constantly be weeding the hearts of our children, getting out those seeds of rebellion and getting in those seeds of obedience. Because when they're old, there's a harvest that's coming. And whatever's been put inside of them, it's what's going to come out. Amen? There are biblical ways to do things. And these are God-proven ways to do them. And they work if we will do them. Amen? We have to do them. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you with a weapon, okay? Let me leave you here armed with something. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Amen? How do we overcome these seeds by walking in the Spirit. This is the way the Lord said it to me. You can't walk in the Spirit by yourself. You can't walk in the Spirit by yourself. That's how you're always gonna stay connected to God and He's always going to be your source. Amen? So if I'm gonna walk in the Spirit, that means that I have to walk with Him just like Adam and Eve walked with Him in the cool of the day. Amen? Walking in the Spirit will keep you from fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Why did Eve do what she did? Why did Solomon do what he did? Why did David do what he did? Why do we do the things that we do? Because we considered it. We considered it. The devil made Eve consider eating that fruit. 
I only do the things that I consider. I did not rob a bank on the way to church this morning. Why not, Pastor? I didn't consider it. It never entered into my thinking. I don't consider it. So when you're getting attacked in your mind, you have to start asking yourself, what am I considering right now? How would I even consider that? How do some of the most vile, evil, disgusting things happen from one person to another? It's because they considered it. It wasn't just an accident. It didn't just happen. So we have to be wise about what am I considering? When anything or anybody comes against you or against what the Word says, don't consider it. No matter what they say or who they are, don't consider it. I don't want to consider it. Father, we thank you for your Word, Lord. It's powerful. We thank you, Lord, that it brings life, it brings health, it brings peace to our lives, Father. It is the light, Lord, that we so desperately need. We don't ever want to end a service without offering you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you're tired of walking in the darkness, stumbling, bumbling, falling down, getting back up, falling down, getting back up, and you want someone to turn the lights on, then my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is here. And all you have to do, because He loves you so much and He wants to make sure that He is not in any way manipulating you or tricking you or, or, or selling you a timeshare, He simply says, if you'll just ask, then I will come and I will live with you. And I'll bring my Father and we will sup with you. And I will fill your heart with my presence. And I will give you through grace. And I will give you through my word the power not just to get by, but the power to live in a land of more than enough. So if that's you this morning and you've never prayed that, just repeat this with me. Just say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger for your word. Change my desires. Lead me to a good church. In Jesus' name. Wow, so simple. So simple. We have to ask. He won't come in unless we ask. If you've never prayed that or if that was the first time, we'd love to be a part of your discipleship. We think we have a good church that does well with discipleship. Every service we do here is discipleship. Small groups, discipleship. Men's meeting, discipleship. Faith class, discipleship. It's all discipleship. So come and be discipled and learn who you are in Christ. Amen?